0: Hello, hello. Welcome to another squiggly film club. I'm Ben Mitchell, joined by Laura Beth Kelly. Hello, Laura. Hello. And Steve. Hello. Henderson. Just this full me. name? Yep, full name. <laughs> no, Steve. No, no, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all they know our names by now. Uh, the film that won is, of course, Cloudy with the Charts of Meatballs. And it was up against it was Hotel Transylvania. Know. Right. I guess people weren't in the mood. For the uh, Adam Sandler, Gendy Tartakovsky vehicle. Instead, uh, opted for the uh, vibrant and colourful, Would you call it, sci-fi? Sci-fi comedy? Absolutely. Directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. So I get the last names and the first names matched up properly? Mm. What a flying I'm, start. Well, I, I, I'll assume I did. Right, <laughs> you did, play. yes, you did. Okay, let's uh, let's press play on "Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs" and
1: three, three, two, two, one, one
0: play.
2: play. Presumably,
3: the film will tell us if it's those names. It okay. is
1: those names. There you go. They're super famous now.
3: Are they?
1: Yeah, they're the guys who did Spider Verse.
3: Oh right.
1: Twitter's favorite film, according to my eh. timeline.
3: <laughs> Banana.
0: Madonna just lamped the Columbia lady off her uh, off her spot about time.
1: Apparently that was the first time that uh, Sony have ever done anything like that. You know how at the beginning of movies they'll always kind of change up the introductory logo? And that was the first time that they've done that.
2: Mm.
1: Ah. Fact number one, without the swanny whistle either. No, now we're just throwing facts at the audience without any warning. Machine gunning facts.
0: Just stay alert, folks. So this is a... Uh, I'm pretty happy with this choice. I like this film to look at. Mm. Um, it also made me chuckle quite a bit, as I recall. Um, I think I've only seen it twice. Uh, overall, I saw it when it came out. And then I think I saw it. I think it was on Netflix at some point. Yeah, it was
3: on Netflix for
0: quite a while. Uh Not anymore. I looked it up and we have the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs TV show. Yeah. Which doesn't do us any good.
1: Uh, <laughs> with a film club, not a TV club. Crying out loud. <laughs> so, have you seen the TV series? No. No? Okay. No. Well, that's that
0: done. That's was well, like, a very mournful no. We can watch some after this if you like.
3: Look at him run in the water.
0: With well, his glittery gelatin oh, shoes that won't come they're
3: off. They're very 90s, aren't they? Jelly shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I want them.
1: It's great fun, isn't it? I mean, it's such a stylish film straight away. I mean, when's this? 2010, was it, when it was released? 2009? Um,
0: so I can place this film as being autumn 2009 in the UK... Yeah, because I know I remember who I went uh, went to see it with in the Me cinema. Me too. Really? Yeah. Was it a date? <laughs> no. Oh. What was uh, memorable about your?
3: It was my boyfriend's little brother, because oh. it, my boyfriend and his dad went to go watch something else, some <laughs> man film, and I went <laughs> with his little brother, who was about eight, to watch this. And I remember because it was the the summer or the time before I was going to go study animation. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to go study animation. I'm going to do something like this, but not that. And he was like, cool. And that was the amount of conversation I got out of an (laughs) (laughs) eight-year-old.
0: I think you got the better deal, probably.
3: Yeah, I think they went to see, like, Fast and the Furious or something. And I was like, nope. (laughs) And I think it meant that they could go see it because obviously the kid wasn't allowed to go see it and I was like I don't want to see it anyway
0: yeah I um, so I think okay I might be getting the timeline screwed up I think I had just been dumped and I was seeing this on a date with someone who didn't like the girl who would just dump me so was going out with me to sort of screw with her it's very petty and childish
3: (laughs) so you went to see Claudia and Chance of Meatballs
0: That was all the film. It was a group of animation students and people and friends. So that was pretty much all the films. This was the year of like Caroline, and uh, I think Ice Age Three, and uh, I got dumped at the movie Up.
3: (laughs) Oh, how do you dump someone after Up? He's like, "I must grab hold of whatever's nearby because I'll die alone," is what you'd think the Up date would go like.
0: (laughs) This was uh, I had just found out from my GP that they were worrying. Um, test results we needed to talk about on Monday, something to do with my throat. Um, and uh, so I, I was, you know, you, you'd get some bad news or kind of things to worry about over a weekend, and you go and see the person you think you're dating. And it was a sort of group, um, this wasn't really a date seeing up, it was a group like go to the cinema thing. And um, she dumped me by basically handing me this massive satchel. Of all the stuff I'd left at her apartment, that was. <laughs> um, and then we. This was before the movie. Then we all went in and watched oh that. Oh my god! Wow. And then, like as we as we left, um, she's like, "By the way, that was me dumping you. You got." Oh that my way.
3: god! What a bell end. <laughs> so,
0: so I didn't tell her about the uh, the test results or anything like that. I would have. <laughs> um, but I still enjoyed up. Like, the whole way home, the main thing on my mind was, like, I want to get that soundtrack that was really nice (laughs) music. It wasn't. We were, like, it was a sort of... This wasn't going to be uh, um, the person I was going to end up with. Well, clearly. Clearly.
1: Oh, didn't leave you down.
0: But, yeah, so shortly after that, I think Up and this film was around around the same time. Hmm. And it was either shortly before or shortly after um, I was sort of... Taken on what I thought might have been a date, um, and she kept the woman who took me out kept getting texts from this friend of hers, this guy friend, throughout the whole movie, and she kept answering them. So I guess now it isn't that like rare, like people are on their phones all the
1: time in movies. But in two thousand nine,
0: put your fucking phone away.
1: <laughs> put your Nokia thirty three ten away <laughs> <laughs> with a cracked screen. And uh, and it was because this guy was one of these, you know,
0: friend of... He was a friend that seemed very possessive over... Turned out she was actually dating him as well. And he was annoyed that she was dating... That was why he was, like, texting her so much. Was, like, to get, like, a a blow-by-blow of the whole evening. Yeah, so I watched this film with one eye and the other one trying to sort of, like, fathom what the hell was going on. And (laughs) uh, and then when she found out that the girl she didn't like uh, had actually dumped me, she then... We didn't go out again, because what was the point of going out with me to get at that girl? Wow. I need some fun people. What a currently. bunch of bitches. I don't miss that many of them, <laughs> to be honest. Some people in that group were really great. I was, I'll, you know, I still work with them occasionally, but, um, you know, your 20s, you meet some characters. <laughs> Anyone else have any... Um, Memories of accidental polyamory or... No, I just went uh, to the cinemas disasters. to watch it.
1: That was it. Just, <laughs> just, it. just normally Had went to the cinemas. C- popcorn.
0: <laughs> maybe a soda. Enjoyed it. Well, I, I definitely rem- remember, I think, because I didn't see Hotel Transylvania... Well, it didn't come out for a couple of years after, but I hadn't really seen a film that was quite like this. Um, I Um Maybe getting my chronology a bit wrong again this being a symptom of my age, but it felt like this kind of characterful movement in a film like this that was so mm-hmm. clearly separate from, like, a Pixar film or a DreamWorks film was sort of the first instance.
1: Mm. Yeah, you say, uh, Transylvania right, came much later, because I, um, I remember going to see... For Squiggly, I remember going to see Hotel Transylvania and I remember going to see Cloudy the Chance of Meatballs too. So I think Transylvania was way after this. Um, But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not just the the movement, but it's the asymmetry of the design. It's the fact that it's purposefully imperfect. Uh, You look at the background, everything's got a scratch on it or a splatch on it or something. It's really nice, really kind of lived in, a lived in world. Whereas at this point, by the time Pixar are getting through to Up, and don't get me wrong, I love Up. It's a fantastic film, but it's not as visually interesting as Cloud with a Chance of Meatballs. F- for me, there's some no. beautiful sequences in it, some beautiful cinematography. Uh, it's it's full of merit. However, for me personally, this is the film for me. It's got the it's got. I mean, look at this. The Mayors. Uh, stood in front of a TV screen, you've got that ridiculous blue screen around it. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's that type of detail, that sort of... It, I, I, I'm just in love with this film. It's amazing. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed before, the rest, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Sorry, Laura, go on.
3: Because this was before Minions and everything as well. Like, Incredible Me and
1: yeah.
0: Despicable, despicable me. me, rather. Incredible Me is the more optimistic
1: <laughs>
3: So it's this idea of just like you say, it was more just like an a CG film that didn't look like a Pixar film.
1: Yeah. It was something
0: new, something fresh. It it seemed to be sort of taking more cues as far as its sense of identity from the sort of vibrant, like two D animated yeah. series. And really pushing kind
3: of- like the rig system and the mm. and the modelling and I mean part of the reason why I also like Transylvania is like it's really pushing what's cg is capable of doing it's not just accepting that it works within a a virtual world like they really break a lot of stuff and yeah you know make use of the fact that you really can create anything you're not limited by anything in cg really
0: yeah
1: i think i think transylvania does it a lot better than this I think yeah. the way that I mean, I think you can just basically tell that uh, the director Gendy Tartakovsky just drew on the screen and said, yeah. "I need his, I need his back to arch like this. I need his face to point like that. I need his legs to snap like this." And not to say that this isn't full of character and fun animation, um, but it's the Hotel Transylvania does stand apart from any, yeah. from any and many uh, the uh, other animations that uh, claim to be unique. You know this does, I think, pave the way. Absolutely. When you think of like, there you go.
0: They're
3: less just generic, aren't they? And everyone in the town isn't just like a carbon copy of everyone else in the town, be it with a slightly different haircut. Hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of the case with a lot of early Pixar films.
1: Yeah.
0: Just the way this officer is like rolling around and kind of gesticulating, everything is very contained. It's, you know, it's, 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 The kind of thing you see in movies quite frequently now. But again, I just don't think that you really saw that unless there was an excuse to have that in a film. Like Up, I think, would be a good example of like... If you think of the animation on the bird in Up, Mm -hmm. it's great. It's probably the best animation in the film in terms of just physical comedy and being fun to look at. And to a certain extent, perhaps the dog. But the bird, the manic energy, the sort of capturing of the essence of a bird and, you know, how they're kind of like these nuts creatures. Um, but they needed to have that be restricted to the bird character because in that sort of world, that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas yeah. all the people kind of move, you know, rel- You know, the old man has to move sluggishly. There's no real sort of subversion of that. Uh, the little chubby kid moves like a little chubby kid. Um, uh, you know, uh, they all kind of... Mm. it's it's cartoony within sort of parameters like don't push it too far whereas this is just kind of like anything goes
3: and this film has a bit more of a push towards a kind of fleischer approach to animation with like the kind of wobbly limbs and the elongated bodies and faces and it also has a slight cartoon modernness to it in terms of like I mean look at the on the newscaster's face like this very strong symmetry and angle to their profiles. Yeah. And like how like the the height and stuff of characters, obviously you get tall people and you get short people, but it's really emphasized. Yeah. To sort of booster their characteristics. So like the mayor of mayors often are quite short, stout little people because they're always meant to have a like a slight Napoleon complex. Hmm. Um and you can just, just you can completely see where the concept art influenced everything and i think also like we can't get away from the fact that like obviously this film is mostly about food and how well the food rendering and everything comes out in this and like just the creativity of the food which sort of comes out more in the second one where the food is also anamorphic but it's just a very satisfying film
0: yeah (laughs) i love this Just the 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 bleakness of a town defined by sardine <laughs> production and conception.
3: I love sardines. And how
0: they're all forced. I wonder if like the actual sardine industry was annoyed. <laughs> <at this. laughs> it's funny
3: how this is often like this has been a like a story trope in quite a few films. Like it's the same in um oh what's it called the other Tim Burton film? It's live action. What we do in the shadows? No.
0: Dark shadows. Dark
3: shadows where it's like a fishing village that's sort of prostrated through one type of fish. Right. Like, there's something really bleak about, a co- like, coastal towns.
0: Having the one export.
3: Yeah. yeah. And how, like, obviously due to overfishing, that's not their, like, thrivingness or their ability to survive or their glory days are well behind them. So I feel like coastal towns are often quite... Utilise for that reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's that sort of thing of like the town that needs livening up,
1: or the Um,
3: the town that didn't modernise quick enough.
1: Yeah. I think that's where the the mayor's character as well is is. uh, (laughs) There's some great gags, isn't there? That's the uh, the splash zone. It's the only person doesn't get splashed. But uh, that's also where the mayor comes in a lot because he's he's he looks like he's modelled from the mayor from Jaws. (laughs) Okay. And uh, and uh, you know that kind of um, that character is often put forward as the you know it's his kind of overzealousness. Is that the right the right right arrogance phrase? It's arrogance right? as his kind of how you know he's going to save the town with this with this thing. And this is what you got with this mayor here. You can save the town with sardines. And then of course the uh, the typical underdog character. Yes That we yeah. root for
0: But what is great also About his sort of characterization Right off the bat
3: Look at that old lady That's just like On a loop Doing this <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Right off the bat He Like You sympathise with him But you don't Like Sympathise with him Enormously Like It puts the comedy first um, It's not a child You're not like You know Shedding a tear Because the, ch- the kids Are making this Kid feel bad you know, it's all played very light and um, sort of enjoy. It doesn't mire itself, I think, in that kind of... Whereas a lot of films with the underdog, like, you've really got the sad moment. Like, here it's the kind of contemplative, oh, no, I screwed up again, looking at... But you know, because it's been set up, that there isn't going to be long to wait before the film kind of, you know, gets its tone going again.
1: Yeah. There's a moment here coming up, as you say, where she puts her feet down and that would. This is the moment that sold it for me. First time I saw it, this bit, there, <laughs> <Perfect. laughs> right in the eyes. It's that thing. I burst out laughing the first time I saw that because it's just. It's so. I mean, it's it's an animated film, but it's so animated. It's so kind of. Yep. It's pushed. Green. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. What a what a fantastic film. And what's she holding on there? What she. There's nothing to hold on to. It's where the character is. It's amazing.
3: (laughs) He has, like, no teeth.
0: Him?
3: Yeah. Mm. Oh, no, there they are. (laughs) But in that one pose, he didn't have teeth. It looked really odd.
1: Mm. I think one of the the major aesthetics for this film was the Muppets. They did go for trying to make characters, particularly in the second film with the the pickle characters, but... um, Trying to make the characters look like they are, they could be puppets. They could be mm. operated by by hand.
0: So I believe you have you have mentioned it before. I believe you are the proud owner of the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs art book. I
1: am. I certainly am. It's. It is. I'll say it now. It is the best <laughs> art of book um, going. Uh, it's just it's rampacked full of like fantastic uh behind the scenes stuff, but also it's got little pull-outs and things like that. It's like a little pop-up book. It's full of fun. Centrefolds. Yeah, animation centrefolds, the sexiest type. Uh I'll hear no I'll hear nothing else. But yeah, it's uh <laughs> it's super <laughs> <Rat part.
2: laughs>
1: Look at the lighting, uh, so the colours. So for, for
0: any sort of budding uh, art of movie book editors out there, what would you say are the things that this book does absolutely right or does better than other art of books?
1: It doesn't stop. <laughs> it doesn't... Um, for my idea, of a bad art of book is basically a museum catalogue or an auction catalogue where it's just pictures and that's it. Whereas this one has conversations with art directors, it has conversations with the the, the production designers throughout as they're explaining uh, you know, no stone is left unturned, you feel like you're going through the entire making of the film, you don't feel like you are just seeing best bits you're seeing different aspects of, of, of all types of design and that's just that's how you make a good art book. you throw in some storyboards, you throw in some some you know background art You you. Put it all together and yeah it's just amazing uh and then obviously uh there's some fun bits as well there's a little pull out thing i'm looking at now called making the perfect burger which is nothing to do with the making of the film mm. but it's using the art the art from the film uh obviously renders of the pickles renders of the lettuce and all that sort of stuff that we see now on screen uh and and they've made a nice little bit of fun for it but yeah love it love it to bits
0: I suppose it's sort of like that type of book sort of grew out of making of books, like companion books, like the book of the film or the companion to the film Mm. that were generally like paperback hundred pages or so and they would have some photos and some anecdotal stuff and some interviews but they would usually kind of rush job tie-ins and it did seem like once they sort of embraced the art component of a film especially an animated film as what to sort of lead with Mm. then if you follow that up with some really in-depth analysis and descriptions and backstory and breakdown to the process you get something that's a really gratifying read and you know they they're not cheap books they don't go for pennies um so that's sort of what you want and then yeah once you get a few of them out they start to coast a bit and so as you say there've been plenty of films where the art of books have been very kind of lacking. They've just kind of like gone into the production imagery mm. folder and just made a PDF out of it slapped a price tag on it.
1: I think there's also an argument that some films do over-design in order to, instead of just solving a problem and then sticking that in the film, they over-design it in order to fill up an art of book. <laughs> um and I th- I've seen that being levelled at um, at a few films and a few art of books.
0: Mm. They've been
1: distracted. by No, no. Some I mean, there's some. This is it. We can't have a conversation without something hilarious happening on screen, and that's uh, that's that's what's happening at the moment. The only time we'll see is Dad's eyes. I I uh, venture.
0: What is the monkey licking?
3: Phone.
1: A microphone. Ah. Close. You just left the word micro out. It's um, it Neil Patrick Harris, the voice of the um, monkey. Ah. And all he says is Steve.
3: Money well spent.
1: Well, it's Steve, is it? You know, it's a great name. I think he was originally given the... Uh, he was originally offered the role of Flint Lockwood, but um, decided that... Uh, the monkey was a, a more challenging character. Actors there.
0: Neil Patrick Harris had been considered a get when this film came out.
3: For a monkey, yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess because like, he sort of ca- he came back into favour. I know of that show, but like,
1: how about your mother? Looked,
0: yeah, I, for years and years before, like between that and like Doogie Howser, I did not think anyone was talking about that guy.
1: Oh, maybe the forgetting... monkey is what brought him back yeah you're forgetting his stellar turn in uh, Starship Troopers I am I'm, <laughs> I'm forgetting
0: pretty much all of the film except the shower scene for some reason <laughs> Um, any other uh, big names in this film that I might have forgotten
1: Mr T, What's well, quite a short name obviously it's uh, three letters but uh, yeah, you've got Bill Hader, uh, Anna Farris, uh, James Kahn, uh, Andy Sandberg, who I don't think was a big name at the time, but is obviously quite big at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a fair few people in here. Uh, Bruce Campbell's the mayor as well. Oh, nice. Of Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So Sony Animation is kind of a mixed bag. It like sort of looking back. Yeah. Um. And I think you know, it, its strong films are very strong. As you mentioned, Spider Verse kind of woke everyone up. It seemed mm. like that was that was the film that got people I know who don't give like two shits about animation to start talking about an animated film. Just sort yeah. of looking at social media. Um. Even people who didn't care about Spider Man liked that film. Um,
3: I still haven't seen Spider Verse.
0: No, it's a it's a good, hmm. you know. It's 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 again, you don't because I don't like Spider Man, but you, it's enjoyable. You know, it sort of makes fun of, Well, it lovingly, I think, makes fun of comic book culture. You know, it's a sort of celebration. I think of all these different iterations of the character and how they kind of converge. But the main story and the main character uh, it's about is also told very well. And I think people really um, really enjoyed that character primarily. That was, I think, what came up the most. Um, and then I was sort of looking into the other films I did, and I guess like <laughs> it's stuff like Angry Birds, which perhaps less beloved, uh, the uh, Aardman films, I guess. They did two with Aardman, right?
1: Yeah, they did uh, Pirates and they did uh, After Christmas.
0: Yeah. Those are both good films. Really.
1: They're great films. The Emoji Movie. How are we forgetting the Emoji oh, Movie? I'm
0: crying out loud. I'm, <laughs> I'm slipping. It's too late in the day.
1: They did the second Angry Birds film. They didn't do the first one.
0: Ah, they traded in while stock was high. Yeah. <laughs> Who did the first one?
1: Uh, I think it was Rovio Animation on their own, wasn't it? Ah.
3: If you could ask Flynn to put any food into the food matron, what would it be?
0: Remind me what the food matron does? Does it just
3: the thing that's making the food make
0: make come it rain from the, the sky? food? Okay, that's okay.
1: The thing um, that the film's based on. Ben, the film you're watching now. <laughs> let's see.
0: Chili beef, just because it would be fun. Oh, God. To make everyone sticky. Oh, chicken
2: legs. Turkey legs.
3: And a whole ham. How about you, Steve?
1: Um, Well, I suppose I'd order uh, as much meat as possible, seeing as it's cruelty free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is
3: it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. it's just
1: it's just been made, isn't it, from, from the sky? So technically... It's
3: like rain-related 3D printing of food.
1: Yeah, everything's yeah. vegan. It's great. So, uh, yeah, I'd go with uh, just big spicy beef burritos and stuff like that. Yeah, there you go.
0: Well, yeah, pick the cutest animal, the one that you have the sort of most moral <laughs> issue with. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, lamb, Puppies. baby seals. You like puppy meat? <laughs>
0: Delicious
3: puppy meat. Oh, it's so tender. <laughs> so loved.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what? Like puppy? How would you have puppy? Would you just have it in a bap? What would you? How would you? Just, just in a, in a roll.
2: Sad now. <laughs> I
1: yeah, hope you open the door.
3: It. It. <laughs> oh, sardines aren't selling.
1: Uh, I want to e- touch his eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> Fluffy. Yeah.
3: It looks like the um, the fuzz you get on the side of escalators.
1: <laughs> A thing that people use to polish your shoes, but it's not there for polishing your shoes.
3: Yeah. What is it there for? Is it? Oh, it's to stop things going into the mechanism, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And shoe polishing. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, we were going to talk about big names as well earlier on. Another another fact, uh, Justin Timberlake was considered for the role of baby Brent. There you go. There's a little fact for you. They mm-hmm. ah, no. we were just
3: going to put him in the film directly. Just, yeah. Just, <laughs> just make a CG version of him.
1: <laughs> I don't know what happened there, whether or not it was his appearance in uh, Shrek 3 or, or, or something that maybe put him off. Who knows?
3: Who was he in Shrek 3?
1: He was Artie, wasn't he? He was the... Uh...
3: Oh, he was Arthur.
1: Yeah. Oh.
3: That was... In- I wouldn't have thought that was anyone important. I didn't think that performance was particularly, like, that enthralling.
0: Yeah. Didn't he play... Who Who was he who played Boo Boo in the Yogi Bear movie? Was that him?
1: Maybe. <laughs> yeah. He also played. Um, uh, he was in Trolls as well, wasn't he? So he's quite a. He's in quite a few DreamWorks it's films. An old
0: hand. The. Uh, I
3: mean, what else is he doing?
0: Singing and dancing and t- entertaining the masses, I'm sure.
3: Uh, ice cream's a pretty good shout, isn't it?
0: Well, that shout. Rain from the sky.
3: Yeah. Look. <laughs> Strawberry. What's the orange one? What do you think it's orange?
0: The orange. I think it's um, Neapolitan. Ah. I think it's yeah. love <laughs> <laughs> the, the well, that shot of the kids going for it. <laughs>
3: they do all have such tummy aches.
1: Yeah, it was Justin Timberlake in um, in Shrek three, and Eric Idle was in that one as well. I remember, I think I watched it at Annecy. I think it was uh, premiered at Annecy and just remember thinking how awful it was. <laughs> it's not one that I'll be suggesting for the film club.
0: I don't think I made it past the second one of those, if I'm honest. Oh, the no, second we one
3: was good. Watch Smurfs.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, we should watch the Smurfs.
3: Smurfs versus Trolls. Either way,
0: we'd lose. <laughs> God, just they're
3: that- boring-ass films. I oh. do
0: think we should watch Food Fight at some point.
3: Where was Food Fight? Oh, was that the one with the dog?
0: Yeah. Just based on the trailer, like a part of me feels like I need to watch it.
1: <laughs> uh, Is yeah, that Charlie Sheen. It does. It does turn mm. out it was Justin Blake as uh, Yogi Bear again. Uh, sorry, as uh, Boo Boo <laughs> uh, with uh, Dan Aykroyd's Yogi Bear. Again, yeah. not uh, not a film.
0: But, Maybe we uh, should do one that's like.
3: The film version of a TV show like Scooby Doo or something.
0: Um, or Smurfs. I thought there was an animated Scooby Doo film coming out.
1: Yeah, like, Scooby One
0: before, I don't you know, they've got the.
1: I don't Ugh!
3: That was creepy. <laughs> what the hell's happening?
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: There's some incredible
1: poses going on there, isn't there, with the uh, the ice cream fight. <laughs> He's too violent.
3: <laughs> I love his poses; they're amazing. This is, by the way, how I imagine you as a father, Steve.
1: Oh, thanks. Just,
3: <laughs> like just taking everything a little bit too far.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not.
3: It's not fun anymore, Dad. <laughs> Ice cream time. <laughs> Show it in my
0: face. I'm sure, I'm sure they would enjoy that.
3: <laughs> well, they'd all be little Steves.
1: Well, indeed.
3: <laughs> I imagine it as like you know that episode of back. The Simpsons when um Selma's going through all her different potential husbands, and there's that one with Mole Man and her, and it's just like mo like little Mole and little Mole Mans with Selma's hair.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I, you know, when you think of people, and you can only imagine their babies being literal carbon copies, but tiny of them.
0: Yeah, like baby size, but with their heads. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that is how like. Our kids are going to (laughs) look. Let's be honest, boy or girl, big beard.
1: My my brothers had it. My brother had a kid last October, and it is terrifying looking at pictures of him because I remember my brother as a baby, and it's like, yeah, it's like the last thirty years disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The TV. It's one of these good things about this film is it's full of those little callbacks, full of those little you know, the the gags keep coming back. It's it's just ram full of it. And I think what what you get from this film is you get a real energy that the people who worked on it really enjoyed working on it. Jelly. As much yeah. as Laura enjoys jelly.
3: <laughs> oh wait, no, that's from Box Troll. You remember the Simon Pegg character in Box Trolls who just yes. goes Jelly every uh, five seconds. <laughs> my favourite bit in Box Trolls. <laughs>
2: Hello.
3: Jelly. that would be fucking great wouldn't it I love being this. Pulled you can gelatin. feel this room can't you yeah, yeah. I love the sensation of jelly
2: <laughs> just, put
3: your Noted. Finger, just put your finger in jelly it's really satisfying <laughs> though if she gets stuck in the wall she will die
1: no she'd eat her way out Yeah, but
3: if she's got like sucked into the middle and there's no air, she would die before she could eat her way out.
0: Uh, I think that's a a challenge. Yeah, you'd have to eat as you go.
3: You'd have to eat as you go. But if she'd got like stuck in the middle and then problems,
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a good thing they didn't have that happen. (laughs) The film would have ended on a much bleaker note. (laughs)
3: <laughs> i wonder what the decision was to, <laughs> i wonder what the decision was to make the jelly like orange or yellow rather than like pink or green
1: probably like a, a color thing you had a lot of pink in the sky with the earlier on and if you've got like a sort of a color chart of the um of the film it's kind of unique in <laughs> its own brown, space she's gonna die <laughs> she's <laughs>
3: I guess because also if you had, like, because it, the colours are obviously reflecting on them, yellow is, like, the colour of joy. If they'd gone green, it would have made them everyone look sick.
2: Mm. And mm.
3: if it was red, it would make them look angry or, like, sexual. <laughs> what are they going to get it on oh, the jelly house? Oh, look, the walls are full of spoons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed that before. I've seen this a fair few times, but,
0: yeah. <laughs> I quite like this moment.
1: It's amazing all the little details that you can get out of a good film when you watch it again.
3: Mm. Why are there so many spoons?
1: <laughs> Maybe they got stuck.
3: I like how you can see they've tried to like scrape the edges a bit. <laughs> Why would she have a paint picture of herself on her own wall?
1: I don't know good question That's
3: a bit, isn't that a bit weird like such a big picture of herself
2: <laughs> so going through the
1: <laughs> going through the story here um flint walk obviously met up with sam sparks and uh unless you watch the tv series where he met her at, at college uh they they retconned it a little bit um but it's something Those in the story, apparently. Bastards. I know. Cannot Oh, I love that.
3: I've never noticed that before, I think, because I've always been distracted by the sun. that when she's putting on the glasses, he looks quite handsome without the glasses, and then she puts <laughs> the glasses on and his chin completely dissolves. <laughs> and his nose bulbuses. I've not noticed that before. That's funny.
0: That was why mm. I was terrified when you finally got your prescription updated. <laughs> it's like, oh, Christ, you can see the real me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, stayed, you stayed around. I'd lucked you in at that point.
3: I do slightly resent the implication of the whole, like, the the reverse of, ah, she's beautiful if you take her glasses off and put, take her hair down. You know, which is such an insanely overdone trope, which I realise this is just, like, the opposite, but it still feels a bit... Hmm. Trites, I guess.
1: Hmm. I do like this getting around to kiss. He uh, blown up the cheeks. <laughs> 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 now, was that on purpose or was that a kind of, oh, we designed the character, the can't do it. Here's room for a gag. <laughs>
3: oh the jelly had a window (laughs) bibs designer bibs it's like now with the mask designer
1: masks have you guys seen the sequel Mm,
3: I think I've seen some of it I don't think I've sat through the whole of it
1: Mm. it's a great film remember
3: the strawberry
0: yeah I thought around the time it came out. Oh I think. steaks Because we had them on, didn't we?
1: Mm.
0: On the other podcast. We did. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one with the um the food animal hybrids. Why yeah. do people And then were being confused to- that they do they like combine like prawns with gorillas? Yeah. I'm like, yep. but prawns are already animals. <laughs>
3: oh yeah. <laughs> and then there's you know, Dolphins made of gorilla meat.
1: <laughs> That's the yeah. delicacy you'd eat, isn't it, Laura? <laughs> you'd go straight I'm for the sky.
3: Silverback gorilla meat. Gorilla steaks.
0: It tastes like people.
2: Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Jesus. Ew, that steak looks moldy. <laughs>
1: It's fresh, but it may, if it's come from the sky, it'll be freezing.
0: Uh, so I think we're, we're approaching the uh, the turning point mm. where this uh, wonderful device is starting to have <laughs> unforeseen negative consequences.
1: Yeah.
3: It's interesting. They could have gone so many different ways with it, couldn't they? Like they could have made it so that like the meat just tastes like water because it's coming from the sky, like rather than getting bigger. Mm. Or it dissolves, or
0: yeah, it wouldn't have been as fun to animate.
3: No,
1: it leads to this big disaster at the end, though. (laughs)
2: What?
1: I do it again. Okay. <laughs> What's tickling you? No,
3: just
0: hitting him. Just slap me there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, just to pass
0: the time. <laughs> I think she saw someone get slapped with a steak and she was like, oh, I know, I'll recreate it in real life.
3: <laughs> now it's a 4D film.
1: <laughs> the fourth dimension is pain. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, hot dogs.
1: I like how
0: um, well-applied the mustard is.
2: <laughs>
3: the rat parrots are like our pigeons.
1: <laughs> Bristol's own.
3: Steve! Is that why you like this film? Is because the monkey says your name every five minutes?
1: That's what all any film has to do to, to impress me, is just just repeat the word Steve. That's all that's all it has to do. Anyone submitting the films to math this year, just, just that's call all you the need main to do. character
3: Steve and yeah. say it every five minutes.
1: <laughs> five minutes is a long time between Steve's there, Laura. You know, you're, you're oh. playing with fire. but uh, five yeah, seconds. Five seconds.
3: <laughs> How did he get into the place...
0: <laughs> I think this is definitely one of those ones where it's going to benefit people to be actually watching the film alongside, uh, listening to the podcast because it's um,
1: it, we're engrossed very, it very in it, aren't much we?
0: invites just sort of <laughs> shutting up and watching it.
1: Yeah, and also we sporadically laughing here and there at the actions yeah. in it. Just yeah.
0: laughing into the air. Because I, I have listened back yeah. to a couple of these just to sort of <laughs> check up on some of this. <laughs> That's so horrible.
1: That's the worst, uh, isn't it? Yeah.
3: It's like it, he's like dislocated his jaw. It's like eating. You know, when, have you ever seen that with a seagull? When they eat like a full baguette. <laughs> and then they throw it up again. And and then they go for it again. And you're like, stop it. <laughs> Second fucking time, fucking evolve already, yeah. you stupid bird. <laughs>
1: There's been one doing the rounds with a seagull eating a rat, a live rat.
3: Yes, yeah, it's really hard. Have you seen the one where a seagull eats a pigeon? No. Oh, God, it's so bad. Oh, God, seagulls are the bloody worst. I hate them so much.
1: Why do you live in Bristol then?
3: We have more pigeons than seagulls.
1: Oh, do you? All right.
3: I came from an island. We had nothing but seagulls, and they're ginormous. They're like bloody albatross compared
0: to Portland.
3: Oh my god! They, they walk around and they're like, <laughs> they've got like <laughs> forearms. <laughs> well, when I, when
1: I lived in Sunderland, um, we we had a <laughs> loads of loads of seagulls nesting on the rooftop. Oh god! And if you saw a baby bird walking on the street, as they would, cocky as anything, they just wander up and down. They don't care. Um, if you walked on the same street as it, then you would be dive bombed, and they yeah. would do anything. So you'd have to walk up and down the street, even in the blazing sunshine, with an umbrella to avoid, and you would be bombed by uh, by the seagulls.
3: Yeah, they're the bloody worst. Mm. They used to just dive bomb my roof growing up, so it just felt like a, it just sounded like something had fallen off a plane. <laughs> but they really loved tap dancing on our roof, like cha ja, cha ja, cha ja, cha ja, cha ja, ja. all hours of the day
1: with little Stupid tap thing. shoes on
3: oh basically they're so annoying
0: yeah they're doing that thing to get worms out of the ground but just on the roof yeah
3: like worms from the from the shingle
0: <laughs> shingle worms. i do are love the watching worms.
3: that though when you see, see birds doing that where they're like cha-cha-cha ja, ja, ja. dance the worms out
0: like we had coffins. a seagull nesting outside of my office window here. I have a weird office. Our apartment's kind of oddly situated in our building because it's like um, uh, it gets higher in the middle. So if you're a bit further along, I'm kind of halfway up the next block of apartments, if that makes sense. So the office looks out over a roof <laughs> of our building. Um, and there was a seagull nesting on the roof that would just stare at me while I worked. And for hours on end, just go, (laughs) Who are you talking to? It wasn't summoning other seagulls. It wasn't (laughs) warning anyone. It was just like, I like making noise. (laughs) Look at that tubby fuck trying to work. I know.
3: (laughs) And then it used to come and tap on your window. Oh yeah, then it just comes in fucking like, Hey, food <laughs> I or <just> see a- <laughs> you I bloody see you You pervert And then walks away again.
1: <laughs> you must have fed it once if it's if it's begging no. for food.
3: Someone has.
1: Oh,
0: so there's gonna be some prick in this building that died. Like, oh, <laughs> there was a there, there's an the R and I B around the back that my other apartment that I, it was in the same building. But that used to look out over it, and the woman who was the caretaker's wife used to come outside and feed the seagulls every day. Oh my god! An she would just idiot. like get like a whole loaf of bread and just like disperse it into their courtyard. Oh, wow! Um, and it would descend like the birds, and then of course bother us for the rest of the day. I loved her. She's probably still at it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: You can get fined for that now. Like you should get fined for that now. No, you really can. It's you should not, have filmed it and
1: cancelled her. <laughs> I was I was
3: <laughs> kinda hoping that through COVID all the pigeons and seagulls would just die out because they live off garbage.
0: <laughs> no, they've gotten stronger. Yeah, they've hmm. now
3: they're, <laughs> they're like taken back the night. They're like, we own this town. <laughs> Jeez. That looks good. Oh, so bad. American cheese fountain.
1: fountain. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I can feel, uh, yeah, just the indigestion, just looking at it.
0: (laughs) That was something also about seeing this film in the cinema, because cinemas have that, like, miasma of confection smell. Mm. Yes. It was kind of a, an all-around sensory experience. Yeah, just smelling all the
1: skittles and the fizzy drinks. And the have popcorn. you and ever the betrayal, bought- Ben, and the betrayal.
3: <laughs> have Have you ever bought nachos, in a cinema? Yeah, because I'm baffled by the people that buy nachos in a cinema. And you're
1: baffled by me.
3: <laughs> why? Why do you do it? Like I like nachos, ap- but what's the appeal?
0: Uh, if you like nachos, why would you buy cinema nachos?
3: Yeah, because it's not. I mean, it's barely food.
0: I mean, you don't like a good uh, nacho uh, platter, but like getting a sad little clump of them in a little cardboard tray.
2: For like twenty.
3: Oh
0: no! I Don't go for the, the cardboard tray ones. The tepid, yellow smudge on the side.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I always go for the, uh, for the you know, the, there's there's ones that do it properly, Ben. I'm not just gonna, you know, basically get a bag of Doritos. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I'm not. Not an idiot.
0: Okay, so you go the the classy route.
1: The classy route, yeah. And I'll go extra large and I'll ask for extra jalapenos.
3: The two times I've seen someone buy like cinema nachos, you know, the ones that come in a box with the bright yellow cheese, they've instantly gone to the cinema and someone's knocked them over. And they've just been on the floor. That's my yeah. my two experiences of seeing an actual person buy nachos. And I've I've just always been like, Well that's what you get for buying Yeah, that's essentially cheese soup <laughs> into a cinema. Yeah. Like That's I don't sad. understand the things that we choose to have in cinemas. Like it, um, like the fact that you can get like chicken nuggets and fries and like and a hot dog. But like, these are not film foods.
1: Are these I think it's different understand? around the world, isn't it? I, I saw something where uh around the world they all have different um cinema traditions. Everyone has different um foods.
3: It's just strange to me.
0: What I miss now is the the highfalutin fancy cinema up at the posh part of town where they bring dinner to you.
3: Yeah, they bring you like a whole pizza or ice cream sundae in a kilma jar, which is the most awkward thing.
0: (laughs) And blankets if you get chilly.
3: In the completely enclosed
1: cinema. (laughs) Do you want fancy hearing about some cinema movie snacks from around the world? Yes. Good, because you've got no choice either way. <laughs> um, if you're in Japan, uh, it's brown crispy flakes uh, of a senbei. What the Korea, is that? Korea, it's dried cuttlefish. cuttlefish. Uh. Russia, it's beluga caviar.
3: No, not yep. in a cinema. Surely not. Yeah. What are they dipping in it? Are they just licking out a bowl of
1: caviar? <laughs> No, they're just cutting open a sturgeon right in front of them. And they just <laughs> like stick a straw the in it.
2: In front of its family. <laughs> that's weird.
1: Uh, India, it's samosas and vada. Vada pav probably. Um, fish cakes in Barbados. What
0: the fish in the cinema? Uh, fair enough, I guess.
3: At least it, But at least that's kind of snackable. Like, if they're tiny, I can kind of you can go, oh, pop in. I'm really still grossed out by... Um, brown flakes because brown flakes makes me think of do you remember the a really old episode of cow and chicken where the devil and cow are like competing in the cafeteria and and they're making everything out of ketchup yeah and they make ketchup flakes that's what i'm imagining (laughs) (laughs) uh no way scabs of brown
1: well no no way it's dried reindeer meats
3: i think this is well what fucking website are you
0: on?
1: I just googled it and it was the first thing that popped up it's, it's, I don't it's, think this
3: is true I could
0: nibble on some reindeer meat while watching the Have latest you ever had Todd it? It's Sloan's.
3: not very nice huh? No
0: Maybe I've if they elk. cured it a certain way mm. Gave it some teriyaki
3: Maybe, I like jerky so I imagine it'd just be like that Yeah. It also
1: absolutely. says this article that the United Kingdom we have sugared popcorn
3: Yeah that's really weird to everyone else.
1: We just have like a bag of Revels and like some Haribo and that, and Ben and Jerry's.
3: I dislike the fact that we don't do buttered popcorn in this country. I'd be well into that.
1: Hmm.
0: Does no one do that?
3: No, not that I know mm. of. We do salted.
0: Yeah,
3: but we don't do butter.
0: Oh, we can always bring our own butter. <laughs> just bring just
3: a bring <laughs> a pot of butter. You know, yeah. you know. In, like, a hip in your
0: back pocket and just, just squeeze it over the top.
3: Boil it before we leave. That's what Western
0: civilization is all about, people. <laughs> Buttering your
1: own popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost in a world of international movie snacks. I, I can't escape.
0: I've had sushi and I'd, I'd, I'd enjoy samosas yeah, at, Moses the,
3: at the cinema. I've had sandwiches. I've brought my own chips in before from a. Like, I made my own cone in a restaurant and took my chips into the cinema with me.
0: This is your right?
2: Yeah.
3: It was above the cinema was above a Weatherspoon's.
0: Well, then they should expect that. They should give you cones. When my parents were younger,
3: <laughs> they used to take fish and chips into the cinema with them. Mm-hmm. Which I really love the idea of.
0: Just a full chippy. Yeah, for a
3: full chippy into, like, I really miss. I really like the idea of like what cinemas used to be, where you'd go and you would watch like the news and like a couple of shorts and then a film.
1: Were you alive when I, that happened?
3: No, because <laughs> no, not remotely. But I really love the idea of it.
1: I miss the the newsreel. Yeah. The- I miss the B movie before the main picture.
0: I do. The wish latest we- missive from uh, Boys on the Front Line. <laughs>
3: I do wish they would do short, like, short programs before. You know when they have all the ads to be like, you can have the cinema as your conference centre if you want? It's like, no one's doing that, mate. Get to the film. <laughs> if they, no. instead of having all the advertisements about the cinema you're already in, they already have our money, what are they expecting? It would be They could put on a couple of short films in that time.
1: Well, you can in in independent cinemas. I mean, filmmakers should approach independent cinemas politely and nicely and give them plenty of time to reply and say, hey, I see you're showing a film about astronauts. I've got a short film about astronauts. Fancy pairing them together. I know that that's something that's not frowned upon in the... um,
3: Independent world.
1: Independent cinema. And you should be going to an independent cinema anyway, not to uh, your multiplexes, uh, if you can. Hmm.
0: Is, is your multiplex going to bring you a blanket?
1: Is it heck as like. get chilly?
0: My goodness.
3: That would be a good business venture, wouldn't it, for Squiggly? Like, we bring you films. You give us money now.
0: <laughs> I, I I like that. Play. I like the bit <laughs> where we get money. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's a shame that they just don't see that as like dead time, like they do see it as advertisement. Even if they're not advertising anything,
0: so we, we should put this together as a proper business, like stratagem Like we, we find you films, and you give us money. So, oh, you, you pass it on to the filmmaker. What?
3: <laughs> well, no, we we've commi- we've put the films together.
0: It's the joy of exposure,
3: yeah. but uh, our curational
0: <laughs> expertise, however, that comes at a cost. <laughs>
1: So this moment here with a pancake landing on the school is probably mm-hmm. the closest you get to the actual book. There's one illustration where the school is uh, covered in a pancake and that's it.
0: Is the uh, is the book quite different?
1: Uh yeah, there's there's very little that um very little similarity between the book and the oh, yeah. uh and the and the movie.
3: Is it still about an inventor? Um Or does it just start? raining food one day
1: it just starts raining food one day as far as I, I, I remember there's no kind of Flint Lockwood there's no lab coat inventor there's none of that sort of stuff
0: I hadn't remembered or possibly known that it was a book originally mm. it's interesting that like, so many of these films as we watch them and they all, they turn out to be book adaptations like, that's such a huge percentage of like animated features it seems yeah but um, it he's trying to cut my hair. I really want. <laughs> now she's trying to cut off my mallet, my lockdown mallet during Can a podcast. Where's it going to go? I'm holding you, it. You don't have a receptacle for the I'm hair. I'm holding it. All right, then what are you going to do with it?
3: Put right in the bin.
0: Okay. It's got to come off sometime. No, I'll do it later. All right, you lost. <laughs> the enthusiasm
1: <laughs> so you've got half a mullet now she's given up
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's just so perfectly ready to cut
1: Did oh it lost its thing
3: yeah you lost your bobble
0: yeah anyway. um, I mean we've been sort of talking about the varying degrees of like how films adapt themselves from books and like how sort of successful they are and how they're sort of some of them work because they're very faithful adaptations of the book, and then some of them work because they're kind of not. Yeah. They kind of, um, you know, identify what will work as a film instead. Um, so yeah, not having read the original book, of course, I have no uh, further insight into whether this did a good job of it or not. But it's oh, it's
1: completely different to the to the book. There's there's not a chance that they're the same. Um, yeah. it, it's just i think basically the title the the city's called chew and swallow or the islands called chew and swallow um but in the book it's Help. a town um yeah there you go there's the there's the thing they were, i think they we were given free license to to do as they pleased which is good
3: if you could adapt a book what would be the book you'd adapt
1: are you asking me or ben Both. hmm
3: like a children's book
1: Oh, a children's gonna, book, right? I'm going
3: to specify a children's book.
1: Yeah, that's good because there's some stuff that I'd love to see uh, adapted that's not not good for kids. Um, hmm. The Playboy Annual 1982.
3: was probably
0: 1982?
3: Yeah, it was a good year for Bush. <laughs> uh, I
1: yeah, not think. I, yeah, I can't think off the top of my head uh, any. All the things that I liked as a kid have been adapted and we've talked about them on this podcast. You know, like the BFG and things like that. So, um, I mean, yeah, I I really can't, you've you've stumped me there. What have you got, Ben? What what would you want to see uh, adapted?
0: Well, there's a film that's been in a sort of various states of production limbo for 30 years, nearly, 25 years. Uh, It's a book called The Thief of Always and was sort of, to be adapted into an animated feature not that long after it was published. And it just never was. And the rights just kept getting sort of passed around and reverting back. And I think that would work very well. It's um, a sort of modern, um, fairy tale. It's by Clive Barker, who is mostly known for horror movies like Hellraiser and Candyman came from his stories. Um, And most of his literature is adult horror fantasy fiction. Mm. And so this is a kind of young adult horror fantasy, I suppose. But it was sort of like, probably closer to a children's book than a young adult, because it was like one step up, I think, from like Goosebumps, in terms of probably the age bracket. Um, And I remember going from like Goosebumps to The Thief of All Ways, to just all of Clyde Barker's other books which are so much worse (laughs) like Mm. I was 12 years old um and just went on to his like horror short stories some of those would be great to adapt um but yeah The Thief of Always is about a kid who um gets taken to this sort of holiday house away from his humdrum life it's sort of Roald Dali um and the holiday house, you know, it starts off being very idyllic and the perfect place for a, a child to gamble and play, and then realizes that actually it's a terrible, terrible place. And um, that sort of slow realization and the hold the house has over him and the other children. Um, and I remember really liking that book a lot as a kid. And I thought, I think there's a lot of potential there to, to create some really great visuals. Um,
3: Sounds like a bit of a mix between Coraline and Ill House.
0: Yeah, it uh, definitely they think people have brought up a Caroline comparison with it. I think people have compared, you Neil know, Gaiman's writing in general um, mm. to his. But, um, yeah, that's the only, like, kid's book I could think of. There are a few books for adults that I would love to, to make into animated films in the sort of way, of, you know... Films that we see like uh, I Lost My Body or Anomaly, so that you can see that they're not obviously, not remotely um, catering to a general audience. I'm hmm. the I mean, kid, I think, could probably quite happily watch I Lost My Body, apart from like the hand scene. Hmm. Not the scene with the, the, the hand, but the incident involving the hand. But yeah. I can't remember if that was even that explicit.
1: No, it's the tension. I think it's yeah. the tension leading up to it. I think it on for films. I, I mean, I'd like to see the Twits. That's never really been um, mm. translated. But I do think that when it comes to a translation, I think one of the successes of this particular film is the fact that it abandoned the original source material. These guys wanted to make a, an original film about a mad scientist and make it as wacky as possible. And you've got none of this in the original book. And I think therein lies something really special. Whereas when you translate something, you have the, uh, well, you, you're setting yourself up to disappoint an audience who treasure something in their head, which is, um, only exists in their head, even though it's on the written, written page or it's illustrated the way that the characters interact, they interact in your head and you've got the timing down to a T and you've got their personality down to a T as much as it's explicitly stated in the book, um, your version's different to everyone else's version, and that's why some people who claim to love the book as much as you will love an adaptation and some people will hate it so i think it's it's a difficult yeah. thing to do It's like what we
0: were talking about with uh James and the giant Peach the other mm. day the other week rather. Um, and you know the the ways in which like authors especially can get very um like no, he did this wrong, or that wasn't the intent of the character, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so probably the author could could watch this. I don't know what the author thinks of this film, but probably if it's not really at all like what they came up with, that's probably easier than it being the same story, but like just misinterpreting or redefining all the characters, or changing their motives, or changing the ending, like just the ending, you know? Um,
3: it was more like a picture book, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I've I've got right. some words from the original author here. If uh, if anyone fancies being bored for a bit, Sure. Um, no, <laughs> I'm glad I asked permission this time, which is good. Um, so yeah, it was important
0: to get consent. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, the original author uh, Judy Barrett uh, said, um, "I always had the feeling that the original book would make a great animated movie, and it turned out that Sony Pictures Animation did too, although it needed stretching and develop and development." When it came to length, characters and plot, uh, S.P.A. saw all its wonderful possibilities. The visual application of the book also had to be reinterpreted and redesigned so that new images could fit into this 3D world using CGI technology. The results are extraordinary. And if you're a fan of the original book, uh, you will certainly recognize some of your very favorite and most memorable moments in the movie. There's no moments from the book in the movie uh, Apart from the school being uh, (laughs) I think she just
0: had to big herself up a bit There, That's fair enough She wrote a book for crying out loud
1: (laughs) Yeah, give her her some Cut some slack, yeah Uh, But yeah, that's um, I I think, yeah She's sort of gone Uh, Every week there's probably an extra ask in the email Yeah, we can't make it the movie It lasts two minutes It lasts two minutes we did your book as a movie Uh, We've got an hour and a half to fill So we've invented a mad scientist I'm not asking you if that's okay because it is okay you've signed over the rights <laughs> <laughs> undulating carcasses. no they're like
3: walking they're mm-hmm. like bat chickens
0: of a murder chain
3: he's like a chicken see
0: yeah All
3: oh right. no <laughs> he, got, he in, got eaten by the he's uh, in the chicken hole
0: <laughs> the chicken hole <laughs> the undignity of it all.
3: I like the bit where he's trying to explain to his dad how to open the files, and it's just like, uh... I think
0: we've all been there.
3: Oh, I.
1: This is a great, uh, yeah, a great sort of twist on that father-son dynamic, and the fact that he's he's having his heroic kind of moment now, Tim Lockwood, as he goes up to the computer to send his son the file that he's asked him to send after all the escapades, and then... uh, what actually happens is uh, is also hilarious.
3: No, my chicken fight the chicken. <laughs> Look at the <laughs> other
2: one.
3: <laughs> 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 it's like Alien. Bacar! He's a chicken man now. How is he controlling the legs?
0: This is also kind of a bit like um, the yeah. end of Old Man Cartoon ah. movie yes
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) milk no spoilers for that one it hasn't even come out yet if
1: I never will Um, you're talking about the physics of it all
0: yeah (laughs) and the the despair of the kids Yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah I do wonder what's happening with his feet as well Laura um Maybe it's
3: a bit like when people have um blades. Like they can control it all with their knees.
1: Well they always made me wonder as well with um Always as a kid and it ruined it for me. Gizmo Duck from DuckTales. <laughs> His feet turn into one wheel. How does that happen? How does it spin around? What's going on?
3: Why is he controlling the wheel?
1: Exactly. Obviously, I had less problems as a kid as I do as an adult.
3: <laughs> Donuts.
0: Are bagels, aren't they?
3: Oh, yeah, bagel, because it's mm. New York.
2: Cheese.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they missed out by not putting a giant croissant. on. <laughs> oh <a> croque majeure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: funny. There's some great gags here for this um disaster movie premise. And what the, the newsreader said there uh disasters happening around the world in order of popularity or something. <laughs> What are
0: these spiky things?
1: Peanut brittle, yeah. peanut brittle.
3: Oh yeah, that would be awful. <laughs> oh, and she's allergic to peanuts. Mmm. She, oh,
0: no,
1: she is. Uh oh. I never had peanut brittle. It is doesn't that,
3: really um... appeal. Like, it feels like it'd be unpleasant to try and eat. Like, like it's effort. You know, you don't really want effort in eating from a candy.
0: Yeah, I remember the last time I would have had it, but I do like it when I have it, but I don't really.
3: What's the appeal? Is it the crunchiness or the peanutiness?
0: Yeah, just the. I would say the the crunchiness is not appealing that much. I'm not that. I think it's why I don't really. It wouldn't be my first choice. Um, because I'm I'm as I get older, my teeth don't like <laughs> tough things mm. to chew. Um,
3: it's a nice apple sauce.
0: Yeah, just mush. <laughs> <laughs> if they melt down the peanut brittle into a nice sort of
3: peanutty <laughs> soup,
0: uh, they just taste nice. It's sort of you know, like nutty, sweet things. Um,
1: I uh, yeah, recently mistakenly uh, introduced Jen to uh, the delights of having peanut butter on your toast in the morning, and now what we keep running out peanut butter. I exactly. I have especially as a vegetarian, marmite, which don't really they live makes on people... peanut butter? <laughs> Maybe.
3: Every vegetarian I've known is like, peanut butter is the best thing.
1: It is the best thing. But yeah, uh, I have peanut wow. butter and marmite, which makes lots of people balk.
3: Mm, I can see the appeal.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, I can't eat peanuts, but... Soul Do peanut you have
0: memories of the taste of peanuts?
3: No, because I've never
0: been able to eat them. I've always been been allergic to them. So you don't really have any sort of frame of reference for what it's like, just
3: no. Because I, if I've ever had peanuts by accident, it's because they've been like in something else, Mm. and so they've always just been like, ah, delicious, crunchy chocolate. Wait, (laughs) oh no.
0: Uh, We've we've encountered the death layer.
3: Or, like, you know, it's in, like, something... some sort of Asian (laughs) snack or meal. And I'm like, ah!
1: Is it it really bad, the reaction? Is it...?
3: It's not great. It's not this... Like, I don't blow up like a balloon, but... Well, no, this is a cartoon.
0: Yeah, it's, like, a kind of severe intolerance, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's a bit like... I, I imagine how people react to, like, lactose.
0: If there's, like, you know... Peanuts on a plane, you're not gonna make them Mm. not
3: serve them. No. I have to actually be the one to eat them. Like they could be really near me. I just can't eat them.
1: Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? The idea of if you're on a plane and somebody's got a peanut allergy and not allowed peanuts. I don't know how that works. It's more because
3: it's like recycled air. So it's not so much that it's in the air, it's the fact that the air is then recycled. So over time, it
1: has become more (laughs) peanutty. Right. Okay. Well, that makes a bit more sense.
0: So yeah, when whenever you're having a nice, delicious snack of peanuts, what I always like to do is like smash them with my fist, so the peanut dust wafts (laughs) into the (laughs) circulation vent. Yeah. There's a nice sort of like atmosphere of peanutty dust in the air. It's good. (laughs) But some people don't like it when I
1: do that. You go around blowing it in people's faces like it's fairy dust.
3: (laughs) Oh no, he sent the cat. Ah! God damn it. Uh Dad, no!
0: (laughs) What is this teat he's dangling from?
1: (laughs) Don't question it, Ben. Don't question it.
0: So is there no explanation? I
3: think it's like a weather balloon, maybe. I see. Or marshmallow.
0: It really does look like the reservoir tip of um mm-hmm.
2: a certain type of Prophylactic.
1: <laughs> it's um It's illustrative of many things. <laughs>
0: Well, that's the beauty of cinema, really, isn't it? <laughs> when there's room for interpretation, we can project our own um, <laughs> our own assumptions onto it.
1: That and the delicious beluga caviar.
3: <laughs> I once got served or got given caviar on a sleeper train in Russia. That was weird. Okay. Just as a as a side of. The fact that I guess Russians just give you caviar wherever you go.
1: The yeah, case that they got too much of it.
3: It's what we do.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Pigeon spending a lot of time in that corner again.
3: Yeah. Don't That's worry, suspicious. I'm keeping an eye on them.
0: Okay, they haven't started building. No, yet.
3: they go through stages where they're like doing their own little mating dance thing on our mm-hmm. balcony, and then I scared them a few times and it puts them off.
1: You're talking about pigeons now? Yeah. Yeah.
3: No, just our neighbours.
1: Just your neighbours, just on the balcony doing a little mating dance. Get
3: away! Get away! You have your own balcony! (laughs) Spritz them with
0: the Febreze bottle. Put it away! (laughs) Shoo! Albert? (laughs) So, aside from the glaring continuity issue... Yes. So aside from the glaring continuity issue, uh, how does the TV show hold up? Is it?
1: uh, I've no idea. I've only seen. Yeah, I've only seen. We're on the air. I've only seen promos. What's going on? What the hell's going on? (laughs) Unbelievable! Um, Is the film not funny enough, Laura? (laughs) <laughs> they have to cut his hair and tickle him. So you've
0: seen like spots for it but not actual episodes.
1: Yeah, it's 2D. It's um uh, it's one of those where they take them takes them back to school. Um uh, but obviously in this film we see that this is the first time that Sam and Flint have met one another. But um the TV it's series like
3: does T V series.
1: Yes, mm. yeah. <laughs>
3: where him and Megra meet. In like high school, but then, then made to forget about it.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe that's what they write like, into the this TV series that he forgets that they meet, and that's how it's able to.
3: Yeah, they they both involve an, in, in uh, an invention that wipes their memories.
1: Yeah. Basically, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. It, <laughs> it's <laughs> a,
0: we're laughing at the film now. Oh, good, good. For good. the record, yeah.
1: Because <laughs> I'm feeling quite like, self-conscious. I don't know what's going on. What have I said? What have I done?
3: <laughs> Sorry. Are you just finding the fact that he's like had to give him this like
1: translator this, uh, yeah.
3: animal voice seems to be like to uh, show emotion?
1: <laughs> he put that on my dad, and he's, he still wouldn't. He'd probably just go <laughs> leads, leads, leads. Oh. <laughs> 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 Such a nice moment.
3: I like the moment earlier with uh, Mr. T and his son when they're having the ice cream fight. And he goes, "I love you, son." He's like, "I know, Dad. You tell me every day." <laughs> I'm like, "Aww, oh, bless him."
1: I would be interested in doing the sequel to this for the. Uh, but I don't know where we where we. Uh, sit on sequels for the uh, film club, but uh, never, never. Uh. Okay, fair enough. No, yes, let's, <laughs> let's do
0: it next week. Fuck it. <laughs> let's do it now. Let's With do it. Double now. feature. <laughs> 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 no, no.
2: Wait, <laughs> hey, it's the
3: end. Not
1: like we got work tomorrow. No one's got work tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the end. They're all just pretending. <laughs>
3: That just looks like a photo of an actual sky, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. It's
3: insane.
1: And here we go, so, the end.
0: So, Yay, 2D. So Phil and Christopher Miller, <laughs> as a pair, they obviously pop up quite
1: a bit.
3: This is yeah. very similar to um, Hotel Transylvania because they do a 2D bit at the end as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, people, have to st- a- people stick around for the 2D at the end of every film. <laughs> like, let's get this hour and a half out of the way.
3: Lemonka.
0: It's nice, sort of a similarly kind of a (laughs) Jim Flora type.
3: It's a bit Monty Python-y.
0: Oh, yeah, a little bit.
3: I think it's just the big hand, isn't it? Ooh, glitters.
0: Yeah, they haven't actually
1: directed that much else, have they?
0: Like, Uh, I don't think they directed the sequel to this, did they?
1: No, they didn't. The sequel was... um... Uh, Chris Pern uh, and Cody Cameron and they did um, the Lego movie Lego movie oh we
3: should do the Lego movie yeah
1: but I don't think they did the sequel to that Um, most did they direct two of the 21 Jump Street movies (laughs) random (laughs) yeah Uh, but that's it in terms of directing that's uh, so weird for writing uh, and uh, uh, they wrote uh, Spider-Verse, they wrote the second Lego movie uh, they're mainly producers it would seem and they've produced things like obviously Connected which is coming out soon um, The is that uh, about Connect 4? Uh, <laughs> that would be a good film don't give film people ideas they'll make a terrible job of it um, yeah, uh, they were also up to direct uh, uh, Solo, the Star Wars movie But they were replaced by uh, Ron Howard, which was um, depending on where you sit on the kind of Star Wars side of things. Ben doesn't give a toss, but uh, it's, um, and neither does that guy driving past. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the, um, uh, I love that gag with the UK still glum after the uh, rainbow goes past. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's a there's a there's a story there that needs to be told about the uh, Star Wars thing and why they were replaced. But, um, yeah. Oh, yes. uh,
3: That's very Monty Python, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It's also a bit um, Yellow Submarine-y.
0: Yeah, yeah this bit yeah. is, certainly.
3: There was a bit earlier when they were doing, like, it was actually, like, it looked like the guys from Yellow Submarine.
0: Oh, right. As mm.
3: well. Like, they were playing musical instruments and they had the kind of I'm not okay. even sure what the uniform is. Yellow submarine, like weird bus conductors.
0: Bus conductors. Uh, it's <laughs> it's a, army. <laughs> Lonely Hearts Club Band uniform. Yeah. Oh, it's
3: like a, a brass band, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Old army-ish. We should do Yellow Submarine soon. I've got. I'm. I'm yeah. I need. We need to pick a good film to go up against uh, Yellow Submarine, but like not too good, so it doesn't win. What would we? Kiss versus the Wizard.
3: Yes. Yeah. 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 That would make musical? sense.
0: musical. Was that what that was called? It was Kiss versus Something. Kiss versus Can You imagine the wizard? sitting through an animated film about Kiss?
3: Well, next week we could do. <laughs> you
0: know what? For all I know, it's one of the best movies ever made. It just sounds like too depressing a prospect. Uh, uh, I think we actually had an idea for what uh, next week's contenders would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to go with the Raymond Briggs theme, weren't we?
3: Yeah. So. So. Uh, Ethel and Ernest versus
0: where the wind blows. Yeah, fantastic. So where the wind blows or when the wind blows.
1: When the wind blows.
0: Uh, versus Ethel and Ernest. Yeah, which uh, I think um, be nice to revisit either.
3: They're going to both both be pretty bleak.
1: Uh, yeah, we're ending this film with rainbows and happiness and sunshine, and then we're gonna we're gonna watch some. We can have some sad times next week, but also a little bit of fun.
3: I love when the wind blows.
1: Yeah, I love both those films. I'm, I'm torn; they're both amazing films. I'm not too sure which one I'd like to see go through. Um, I'm a massive fan of Raymond Briggs, so I mean, either one's a winner for me.
0: Another one I'd maybe going back to like books to adapt. There was a Raymond Briggs film, uh, book rather, or series of books called um, Unlucky Wally. Mm. And they were really, really bleak. Um, I don't think you'd be able to get like a feature film out of them, but uh, that'd be fun. It's not really the sort of like typical Raymond Briggs type story.
3: Have you ever read or listened to uh, The Man by Raymond Briggs?
0: You've told me about it. Oh my God.
3: That, That makes me cry. Yeah. I love that th- that book audio piece, whatever.
0: Yeah.
3: It came free with a PG tips.
2: oh
0: yeah. there you go. <laughs> the the tea that keeps on giving. PG Tips would like to throw some sponsorship money our way if for PG the plug. If PG Tips
2: would
3: give me that audio book in a file that I can listen to in twenty twenty, I would be well
1: up for that You know, if anyone it, wants to like send us CD? some sponsorship yeah, like money, set. I'll take oh, it. A set. Okay. Oh, I could, I could convert that for you. I, still I
3: don't it. think I have it anymore.
1: Yeah. Always problems. <laughs> There's always something in the way getting between you and your story. It's on it's, YouTube, probably. It's so bleak. <laughs> it's going to be on YouTube. It's
3: on YouTube. That's where I listened to it most recently.
1: Oh, okay, there
3: you go. I want to own it.
1: <laughs> then just well, download I'll, it.
0: <laughs> if there was a way to download from YouTube that someone could sneakily show you... <laughs>
3: And then obviously you have got all the snowman and everything, don't you? Really, mm. but the snowman quality. feels a bit like on the nose, doesn't
0: it? It's more of a sort of like TV special.
3: I think I wrote an essay on Raymond Briggs when I was in college as well. Yeah. Ah, you, you, were, you were that student. <laughs> well, I did an illustration and animation course, and we had a like the world's best M, like MA in children's books. Mm. So we all got sort of like, at some point we all wrote an essay about children's books.
0: That's required.
1: Yeah.
3: Just was what it was about. We were very lucky we got lots of talks from like amazing children. Like we, I met Quentin Blake. Oh, nice. At one point. Like he came and gave a lecture every year. He's the cutest old man. <laughs> he used to, to come and do, do a lecture and then he turned to, um. oh, what's his name? You know him, Steve. He was your examiner.
1: Uh, martin
3: martin in black yeah. can i go now martin <laughs> <laughs> so, yes
1: oh
0: the children they bother me so <laughs> <laughs>
3: when i uh, when me and um, erica worked at the museum he was just sort of wandering around in the back of the museum we're like you're right <laughs> i don't know where i'm going oh, so, oh let's Fantastic. look after quentin blake this is the best day for life
1: hmm <laughs> I suppose if if anyone else, anyone listening to this, uh, if you've got this far, well done. Uh, If anyone else uh, listening to this wants to suggest uh, any movies to add to the Squiggly Film Club list, it'd be great to hear from people. They can tweet us at Squiggly, get in touch on Facebook, send us an email. Uh, Contact details are all on the website, squiggly.com. Yeah, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and all that sort of stuff as well.
0: Indeed, it's at Squiggly on Twitter, at Squiggly Animation on Instagram. Also Squiggly Magazine on Facebook. If you follow all and three, you get a prize.
1: <laughs> that the prize, is prize is fulfillment in your heart.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're the ultimate Squiggly fan.
1: You are the ultimate fan. Right,
3: bye-bye. Bye.
2: Bye.